And where our model had been, we go out to somebody's house, we might spend two hours, you know, at the house with a patient. Medicare cut the reimbursement rate for those so low that we really can't afford to stay that long. This is the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton. Each week, Scott shares how he uses the leadership principle of disruption to keep his companies growing and moving in the right direction. Let's get started. Welcome to the Disrupted Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and we have another special guest today. We First of all, we got Scott the Disruptor. Scott, welcome back. Hey. And then we also have Kim Kinnamer, works for SC House Calls. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So I asked uh, Ken to be with us today because I disrupted a little bit last week and <laughs> somebody took me more literally than they probably should have. Um, but we were talking about in healthcare. In fact, I just got off the phone with somebody from the insurance company and he had no clue that we just got a 12% cut in our reimbursement rate for mm-hmm. primary care. And he said, oh, God, I thought y'all were getting a raise. And I said, no, they literally cut our rates, you know, pretty much across the board, um, even though they made it look like they did. And so we had to change kind of our model. And mm-hmm. And where our model had been, we go out to somebody's house, we might spend two hours, you know, at the house with a patient. Medicare cut the reimbursement rate for those so low that we really can't afford to stay that long. And so what what I was telling on the last podcast, we used to do something called a prolonged service code and they'd pay us to stay, but the reimbursement got cut. So as an example, if I do a five-minute call, or a pro- provider does that, if we do a five-minute uh, call, then Medicare will pay us $9 a minute. But if we do a 20-minute call, they'll pay us $5 a minute. Mm-hmm. But if we do a 45-minute or, or a, uh, an hour-and-a-half visit, they pay us like less than $3 a minute. Yeah. So, so what are we supposed to do? Well, as we started digging around, as we talked last week, what Medicare was trying to do was put, to push all of us to see the patient more often because what they discovered, which is what we knew already, was the more often we see the patient, mm-hmm. then the less likely they are to go the hospital so as uh, on the call that Kim actually texted me late last night and she said so I think you may need to do something with this because (laughs) what we ended up having is we had providers who might have six visits on their schedule today now that we're asking them only to go out for 40 to 45 minutes they really should have had 12 visits on their schedule for the day instead they had six so they just stopped doing the prolonged service code and I guess went home I don't know I'm sure they were busy doing something but they all of a sudden were billing half of what they would normally bill Mm -hmm. because we hadn't the schedule had not gotten caught up with this piece of it so um, I was I was telling the group today is that there's there's times when you do need to do a prolonged Mm -hmm. visit it's okay you can bill for the prolonged visit (laughs) just you need to understand and it's not as it's not going to pay you as much if you do a bunch of little visits and so maybe not on a regular basis right yeah yeah so um, so Kim and I kind of brainstormed about that today and and really talked to she's been really digging in and analyzing a lot mm-hmm. of these visits and and what seems to be the best fit um, but just like the practitioner yesterday said uh, well Scott I I'd had a great billing day and only saw nine patients and and I said well how'd you do that and she said well you know I did this this and this and she said well but also I did Medicare wellness well Mm -hmm. once a year you can do a Medicare wellness visit and if you do that it's a really high reimbursement rate and I said well yeah that works good for the first time (laughs) for each patient but you know at some time in the next few months you're seeing these patients again and and you're not getting that but um, Kim you've seen a lot of stuff out there so as you as you saw what we disrupted last week and some of the impact that had on us we did do more visits people mm-hmm. really did schedule more uh, not enough 
right. you know, as of like yesterday, we had we had 400 visit slots available that we could have made 400 more visits in our practice yesterday that we than we than we did. Providers were out there ready to see patients, mm-hmm. um, and the bad part of it is we we have 15,000 people where we were trying to schedule, yeah. you know, visits for, and so. Uh, it's just it's just playing a catch-up game yeah yeah I think words probably gotten out um, the last two days we've probably had one-on-ones with about 40 providers through teams um, where we've been able to pull up information share information while being on the phone pulling it up so the provider can kind of see what we've got going on because this morning we all woke up to some text messages saying hey how do I get one of these calls so so um so in starting, Jamie, what I want uh, providers to know is if you don't understand anything that is coming out of this podcast, send an email mm-hmm. to Brooke Howard <laughs> or Casey Cleary, who's the billing component, um, and, and Brooke kind of walks them. Casey puts the rules out, and, uh-huh. and Brooke and I have been on the call about how to make them applicable. So, um, so if we say something and you don't understand don't just turn the podcast off and keep driving. Right. Email somebody. And don't not bill at all. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, so I guess a lot of what we were telling the providers yesterday is you might have a provider that's got 20 people on their schedule, and they're thinking, how am I going to see 20 people? Um, and then, like Scott said, you've got somebody that's got six. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess what we were really educating the providers on is, is it's not cookie cutter. You look yeah. into the hours you have in a day. So if you're a provider who has six visits for the day, then I would say, if I was a provider, then I would take those six visits and I would roll them into a prolonged service. I would make a 70-minute visit or an 86-minute visit. Does that person need an advanced care plan? Do you want to go over all the meds and reconcile them? Do you want to do a good overhaul, good scrubbing of the patient? If you have that much time in a day, Go for it. Yeah, because, you know, next month you go out to see that same patient, and you may not. You may only have 10 minutes. So the more information you can gather, Mm -hmm. the faster is going to be better uh, for that patient out there. Absolutely. But if you don't, let's say you don't have that time today, you could go out and do that 45-minute or an hour-long visit and then just schedule a telemedicine visit later in the week and say, Ms. Smith, I I need to talk to you again, so say Saturday morning, let me call you. And to me, that's so much better because I don't know how many times I've been to the doctor or wherever and I've forgotten what they talked about and that 15 minute phone call would be awesome to say you know what tell me about my medication again what do I need to do how many times a day you know you can and there's always questions you have after the fact so I I just think that's a better in addition to, you know, one of the things that's been a really good push because we have the opportunity to do this in somebody's home is labs. Mm-hmm. So if we're going out there to do that comprehensive visit, we see some swelling that we're not sure about. Um, you know, the provider feels like running some lab work, then then go ahead and say to that patient, I'm going to call you back in three days or four days And we're going to have a 15-minute visit, and we're going to go over this lab work. I'm going to Mm -hmm. explain it to you. And if we need to make any changes on your medication regimen, we'll talk about it on that phone call and and have that provider go ahead and set the tickler for the telehealth follow-up visit. So that Mm -hmm. way the patient knows you're going to call them and and to expect your call and what you're going to go over when you do it. And for those listeners that don't know what a tickler is, uh, it's it's just (laughs) saying this patient needs a visit. 
and somebody needs to schedule that. But I think that at the telehealth center, the new rule is everybody's a scheduler. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And even the nurse practitioners who are listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. I hope, are understanding too. So if you're out there in the home and you're not going to finish up, Mm -hmm. go ahead and tell the provider Mm because you don't want to leave your other patients waiting either. So go ahead and tell that patient, hey, Mrs. Smith, I'm just running out of time right now. There are more things that we need to do. I'm going to, my schedule is, and and I see openings of spaces i'm going to go ahead and schedule that telemedicine visit for you for wednesday or thursday or whatever you don't have to wait to send it back to the scheduler yeah so if if you're on the phone with the patient then just go ahead and schedule the visit so we had we had a patient that's family who called in this week and i'm, I'm embarrassed by this but the uh, uh, the the lady had had a fall and we mm-hmm. went out to to see the patient at home we had an x-ray they had a follow-up call with her because uh, she hadn't broken anything at that point in time but nobody scheduled the next visit Mm -hmm. because you know when you go in the doctor's office what's the last thing you do you walk Mm -hmm. around you got to pay the bill and you schedule your next visit so the the nurse practitioner left thinking that I guess somebody else would call and schedule and somehow it didn't get scheduled so two weeks later the family's calling back and saying hey you know mom's still in a lot of pain and we need to take a look at this well we all know from working in the in the industry is that you could have an an x-ray today and they're not seeing that fracture because it might just be a hairline and they don't see it on the x-ray but three or four days later as you're moving on that leg it starts Mm -hmm. to spread apart or that bone Mm -hmm. and that's when you need to see it again so um, we're telling our teams now is to make sure that everyone has a next visit even me I'm a a member of this practice and and I will tell you I I go to the doctor once a year um, because I'm generally not sick but I need I probably need to go more often, but I don't have my next visit scheduled. Yeah, and so we I, we should have gone ahead and put that on my calendar mm-hmm. and lined it up so I know yeah. when that visit is. So that's what we're committing to, guys out there. Is I don't care who you are, you can do a schedule. If you if you don't if you're not talking to the patient, then do the tickler. Yeah. So nurse practitioners right. could sit there and go, I'm just going to go ahead and plug this tickler in um, because I you know I didn't get a chance to get that visit scheduled. Yeah, and I will also say this, JB, is both of my parents are um, patients of South Carolina House Calls. And one of the things that uh, we've batted a thousand at is calling me for follow-up visits. Mm. So when that provider puts that in there, the call center will call that family and remind them, hey, tomorrow um, this provider is going to call you at this time to go over lab work or in the morning or in the afternoon. So as long as those ticklers go in there, um, I know sometimes Providers wonder whether or not the family members want to remember an appointment coming out in a couple of days, but but the call center has never missed a beat yet on my yeah. parents. Nice. Well, and and that's one of the reasons we had these added these nurses. So I mean, we hired a nurse for every pod over the last three months, and the primarily was to make sure those ticklers are in there because a lot of times, like I had a scheduler today who said, I don't know why the nurse practitioner couldn't put a tickler in, and I thought, well, you know, there's a thousand things going through her head when she's sitting out there in in that patient's home you know and that may not always happen it, if they want to they can they can schedule a tickler or schedule a visit but if they don't then just go ahead that nurse who's going to be reviewing that chart then will pick up on it the next day which is probably mm-hmm. why you haven't missed a beat is because that system works now mm-hmm. because we have yeah. those nurses doing that well and the other thing is while we talked about the provider that's got the six minutes because you know in our world everything was time-based until the Medicare had changes. Everything we did was Mm time-based. Capture your time, take responsibility for what you've done. So when we use verbiage 
um, to community providers in particular, when we say um, build complexity over time, what I realized on the phone yesterday was all they know how to build is time. Because that's all right. we've told them for a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, get your base time, get your prolonged time, get your advanced care time, add up your time, and it equals your, your build amount. So when we say things to them like, well, you're going to see 20 people, but instead of capturing your time, we want you to capture your complexity. They're mm-hmm. like, huh? What does that mean? Yeah. So I think that is probably... Um, a little bit of where we might have put the cart before the horse, because if we ask them to build on complexity, which does not relate to any time, mm-hmm. it just relates to the complexity and the number of systems that you hit on that visit, then we have to teach them how to build on complexity versus time. Well, one of the one of the points was about advanced care plan. So in an advanced care plan where you're talking to somebody about what their end of life wishes are, we're required to talk to them for 16 minutes. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I have to say, okay, in the next 16 minutes, we're going to talk <laughs> about when you die. It could be throughout the whole mm-hmm. visit, you yeah. know, we're talking about this. So as long as the time is there. Well, before, if we were billing on time, then they would, they would have to bill 55 minutes if they, they were there for 55 minutes, then they would have that prolonged service visit. Mm-hmm. Then they would bill the 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 fi- extra 16 minutes for advanced care plan. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're realizing now, and I actually told them last week on this call was the, or on this podcast that you know our reimbursement for advanced care plans did go down. It's not terrible, uh, you mm-hmm. know. It's like four dollars and eighty-seven cents a minute, um, you know. That so it's it's a fairly good reimbursement. But as Kim pointed out, you could be on a um, on a complex Complexity visit that you're doing on a telemedicine, and and then that visit could be as a higher reimbursement as a 21 minute mm-hmm. um, timed call, but you might be able to do that in seven minutes, and then add the 16 minute mm-hmm. telemedicine visit in that 21 minute visit. You'll be build that complexity plus the advanced care plan as long as that conversation is all being had and and relating to that, which sure. which most of our patients. Uh, Medicare tells us about 10% of all of our visits uh, should should include an advanced care plan. And right. so um, ours had always run a little bit higher than that because we have an older population mm-hmm. and we have to have more of those conversations. Um, but this month after my podcast, we saw our, um, our, our advanced care plans drop to like 5% of our visits uh-huh. where it had been about 12 to 15. Right. So I do need people to go back and do advanced care plans because the bad part of it is that what we found in in just history is if we don't have at least three advanced care plans we'll never help a patient understand when it's time for hospice yeah and if we don't get them on hospice you know where they go to Mm -hmm. the hospital well and so like here's a here's a great example now if you're going to build something based off of complexity Mm -hmm. so these these providers in the community will totally understand this verbiage um, but if you have a, per, a patient that is a 99349, which if you were to bill that off of time, remember that's what they were billing, everything was on time, that would be a 40-minute visit for $125 mm-hmm. if you were billing on time. If you were billing on complexity for a 99349, you could still bill that 125 But if you're billing it off of complexity, you could do this visit in 15 minutes yeah. because you're billing off of the complexity of the patient and not how many minutes you were sitting in that house. Mm -hmm. So if I was a provider who had 
15 home patients on my schedule for the day. Um, what I've learned is no matter how um, how perfect we try to make it, there's always that home or those two or three homes that is the outlier to to the day. Right. Even even with maps, at best it is, there's still patients that mm-hmm. are going to be a 20-minute drive in any direction right. that are outside of, of the line. Especially in South Carolina. Right. Because we have places <clears throat> like Podunk. So, um, so what I would do is if I You'd was that provider. You'd be surprised how many patients live in Podunk. Podunk, that's right. Uh, I mean, I was on the map the other day looking through there, and I found this little town I'd never heard of. I don't guess it's a town. It was yeah. probably a crossroads. I'd never heard of it, and I thought I'd been to everywhere in South Carolina. <laughs> and I looked down, and we had like eight patients there. Oh, wow. And I was going. You must be talking oh, about Utahville. Uh, I think it was smaller <laughs> than that, but yeah. But, you know, we do, but because the way we've grown, and mm-hmm. now, we, and the, the key to it is trying to, that's the other thing is that if I'm going to go to Utahville and I have eight patients out there, I'm going to see all eight of them if at all necessary. And we're right? going to build those eight people on complexity. Exactly. Because we're not going to spend eight hours in yeah. Utahville when we right. have patients that are just a couple miles apart. Mm-hmm. So if we had that many patients to see in one kind of isolated area, that's where we would want to capture our complexity because we don't have time requirements right. at that point. So we would want to do those higher 99349s, 99350s. We could be in and out of the house in less than 20 minutes, but if you were billing off time, that would be a 40 or a 60 minute visit. Mm-hmm. So when we have that many people on our schedule, we can't bill off of time. We yeah. have to know I've got to get in and out take care of what I'm here to take care of, mm-hmm. document appropriately. And so instead of seeing eight people an hour each, mm-hmm. which would be eight hours of our day, um, for $174 a piece, we could see eight people yeah. between 15 and 25 minutes and still bill that higher complexity mm-hmm. charge as long as we're dropping the time. Yeah. And so I think that's probably where the confusion came from the last podcast is um, it's not that you can't do it. Right. Because there's going to be the days that you have the time available to do it, mm-hmm. and you should capitalize that time. But the days that um, somebody does live in Podunk, that might be the day as a provider you choose to make a telehealth visit with those two or three people. You save your two hours of drive time that you otherwise would have mm-hmm. lost because that's non-billable time. So if it was a medication refill, if it was a lab follow-up, if the person had some edema, maybe you call them and say, hey, today is is um, the day I'm going to go ahead and order some labs for you. We're going to talk on the phone. And next week when I come back, I'm going to spend a little extra time with you. Sure. So I think it's empowering the provider to feel empowered in their day to categorize what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I always, for me, I have to bring everything back to meaning. And, and I and I get like if if you have to run a business you have to bill or you don't have a business and right. then we're not caring for people anymore because it always comes back to meaning mm-hmm. for me and and the more people we can help if you because listen I've never seen a I've never seen a provider for 15 minutes I've never had a doctor's <laughs> visit right most visits are like minutes. six <laughs> yeah, I had one for 30 seconds once and I'm uh, not exaggerating yeah. it was literally 30 seconds so. 15 minutes, I think, is a great time. Now, I get it. There's a lot of those complex patients that have a lot of comorbidities and, and different things. But, man, that's a good visit, a 15-minute visit, and you can do a lot, and you can do more. 
Right. You can do more visits. You can see more people. I, you said it today at a, a thing we were at today, Scott, that we have around 42,000 patients now in South Carolina. Wow. That, that's, I, I, that's a city. That's, right. that's a city. It, it really is. 42,000 patients yeah. and, so, you know, and, and 240 providers. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, and a lot of our patients are really sick. I mean, yeah. there's some that we, we're seeing every week or mm-hmm. maybe even twice a week sometimes yeah. because of their, their illness. And so we've really got to be conservative in utilizing our, the, the time and right. we have. Kim made a good point, though, the other day, uh, well, the, the, today when we were talking and she was saying, you know, so let's just say I have 15 patients on my schedule to do home visits, which mm-hmm. is a lot in a 12 now it is a 12 hour day guys right. not an eight hour but yeah. in a 12 hour day so you got a little less than an hour and you're having to do drive time so let's say you do get out and there's a patient that's just complex and you need to spend some more time and you know you have to do it today mm-hmm. then then take take one of your two of your patients out there and instead of going to see them today let's just go ahead and get them on the phone because the, the nurse practitioners have an ma or somebody they can mm-hmm. call and say hey schedule them a telemedicine visit for me on friday so that if they keep some open spots up to be able to do that we can follow up with it then next week when you go back to utahville mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have this one you spend an hour and 20 minutes with you may only spend 15 minutes with yeah. her and spend the hour with the other um it's got to be a balance but mm-hmm. but at the same but before where we were we were going out and providers were seeing six patients in a 12-hour day right. and so what medicare recognized is that but if you just saw them a shorter period of time and then saw them again especially mm-hmm. with telemedicine yep. and when we say telemedicine it can be a telephone call we we have a lot of phobia out there Mm -hmm. with our patients and so when you say we're going to do a telemed call they will go into just panic mode i think my wife would go into a panic mode (laughs) honestly she she would probably go oh i don't know about that like what button do i push or how do i do that i mean she does facetime and stuff but you know it's a little it's a little there so when you just say doctor's gonna call you yeah, mm-hmm. you know, doctor's going to call you, and we'll and we'll talk to you about that. That's how we're mm-hmm. going to do it. Over time, we'll teach them how to use the the, the equipment that they need. People are they, they, you know, and I know there's those people that do freak out, but people are so much more advanced now than they ever yeah. were. Right. Um, I Facetime with my mom and dad all the time. Uh, they know how to do it. My dad can do it. Sometimes the, the phone's up. I'm looking right at his ear, but I hey, Dad, back off the phone a little bit. Right. <laughs> well, so, in my yeah. own, my own yeah. um, parents that are seen by South Carolina House Calls, what we've kind of looked at um, is is my mom usually gets, well, she gets two visits a week, mm-hmm. um, every week. And so in she my She was age, in the hospital for 20... For 40, 43 days, days. Yeah, just right. got out. So that's also why we're seeing her yeah. so yeah. often. Exactly. Um, understand but that. she does get two visits a week, and she gets uh, two telehealths. Mm-hmm. So in a in a 14-day cycle, mm-hmm. I know she's going to have two physical visits and two telehealths. So when she gets the physical visits, it's, you know, that's how they caught a, um, a blood clot. In her leg mm, was yeah. because there was some unusual swelling there. But then we followed up with the telehealth on the lab work, the medication, mm-hmm. what the plan was. And then the next physical visit, we followed up to see if the swelling had resolved itself. Um, and then Tanya, um, who was her nurse practitioner, will then again follow up on chest x-rays. How is your mom feeling? Um, what has home health done mm-hmm. in coordinating all of her care? So she does have two longer visits, and yeah. then she does have two probably 10-minute telehealth visits. Yeah. So the concept of what we talked about last week with giving them more frequent visits 
um, there has to be some ownership on that provider as well. Mm-hmm. My mom doesn't need four four-hour visits no. in two weeks. Right. But she does need somebody constantly monitoring and checking on her, looking at her labs, making sure she's comfortable. How is her oxygen doing? Has therapy shown up? And telehealth fills that void for us. Yeah. If I had a provider come and see me for four hours, I'd be like, are you staying for dinner or should I, should I oh, set another ex- plate? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and the other thing that, that we've really identified, um, Brooke and I have looking in some of these charts um, for providers is um, I had the opportunity to work Dr. Spate's bucket uh, last week or the week before last. And so as, and I'm not an MA, um, but I've realized if you know what you're looking for, we, we've made this a lot harder than it has to be. Yeah, right. um, but for these providers that have abnormal labs that drop into their bucket, um, abnormal labs may mean medication changes. Mm-hmm. They may mean, hey, I'm going to continue to monitor this. I'm going to run labs again next week. Um, so with those providers, I really want to encourage them that, you know, if you have to go in, into court with any chart, Mm -hmm. If it's not documented, it's not done. Right. So you can have as many abnormal labs as you want, and you can sit in front of a judge and say, I called all those families. But if it's not in that chart, it's not done. It didn't happen. So I would encourage all of you to take that small little telehealth visit, document it, make a visit out of it, talk about the abnormal Mm -hmm. labs. What's the plan of care going to be? What medication changes are you going to make? And make that a telehealth visit. Sure. So one of the other um, confusions I think that we had a couple of weeks ago is when we started talking about non-face-to-faces. And so um, a non-face-to-face is Medicare allows our providers to go and, and review records. And because once you become a patient at SC House Calls, right. you know, records from everywhere will dump into our system. So mm-hmm. we'll see your hospital records, your specialty records. So by our providers going through that, they can actually get reimbursed by Medicare for doing those record reviews. Um, it's been confusing for some patients because they'll get a bill, um, you know, for for a visit and they'll go, I didn't see the doctor that day, but we actually did see them. But the reimbursement for that non-face-to-face did drop as well. And so it actually, it's interesting, like for that non-face-to-face, I can't remember what the exact number was, but like you may get 70 or $80 to do, and you'd have to do, spend at least 30 minutes or Mm -hmm. 31 minutes, I think, doing that non-face-to-face. But if you actually had the person on the phone, the patient on the phone we could bill hundred and four dollars in 21 minutes mm-hmm. so what the again what Medicare is trying to say is if you need to do that do that within the scope of the of the visit so we, we I went out there and said try to schedule the visit with the patient you know to sure. do to do what you would normally do in a non face to face so a lot of people just stop doing non face to faces and and so again if they have time mm-hmm. um, and generally because our providers are working seven days a week 12 hours a day straight by Saturday you're Sunday, especially Sunday, for some reason, even though I know people aren't going to church, they still don't want visits on Sunday. <laughs> and so we get more no-shows or people wanting to call right. out. So if they, if you have a no-show or somebody calls out, you can then go back and use that time to go do a non-face-to-face on right. the patient. So I would rather you be doing something than nothing, but yeah. if you can have the patient on the phone, you just get a higher reimbursement. I think it comes down to just creativity. Be creative. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you're thinking about your patients, be creative on your schedule how you're going to see those people um just be creative on how you can do that to well, get the, the other, most out of it the other the other great telehealth opportunity um is refills 
Mm -hmm. So we probably get 500 refill requests coming through <laughs> this call center because Scott just did a meeting with them and they just talked about how many refill requests they need. They have come in on a daily basis. So what you're saying, Scott disrupted something. Yeah, he That's did. That's his job. Yeah. So. I said, why are these people calling you? If you were, they were using our SE Home RX, that would never happen uh -huh. because we put everybody on cycle fill. When mm -hmm. the pharmacy gets ready to send out the next month's medication, they're looking and saying, wait a minute, I don't have have an order for this this and this you know what they do they call the provider for you mm -hmm. so so every time a patient if a patient's listening to this guys you are going out there and going to walgreens 50 times a month sometimes to mm -hmm. get, pick up all these different prescriptions when we'll deliver them all to your house on the same day each month i have i have i have vitamin d sent to me every month <laughs> well the, the I take other it one, thing one pill a week and it comes to me i don't think about it right right i haven't thought about it in weeks right. because it's all just well, done. Well, and the, the other caution um, that, that I want to make sure that providers understand is when you are filling things like, you know, Ativan, antidepressants, mm -hmm. antipsychotics, um, by refilling those without seeing the patient within 30 days, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you yourself as a provider are opening up yourself um, right. to a negative outcome because again there's no reason why you would refill an antipsychotic or an anxiety medication without calling the patient doing a telehealth mm -hmm. and saying hey jamie is this working for you yeah you know tell me how you take this repeat this back to me mm -hmm. um are you feeling better are you feeling worse um because the last thing you would want to do is continue to refill something for somebody that's given them a negative side effect sure and you don't know it because you're mm -hmm. just hitting the refill button yep and you don't really know how that drug is affecting the patient. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're actually, or tomorrow we're recording a video and, and, and because of the pharmacy, um, we had a patient who they, they weren't on our pharmacy. They were doing the, taking their medication. They were forgetting their medication or they were taking too much of their medication. Um, this patient ended up in the hospital three times in 90 days because wow. of that. They started using our pharmacy. They got a living machine in the home, uh, which is basically, for those that don't know, it's a looks like a big espresso maker, but it dispenses pills Pops instead of coffee. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it but it tells tells the, you know the pharmacist if they didn't take it. It tells a caregiver if they didn't take it by text message or email. It does all this thing. This guy hasn't been back to the hospital in over a year. Yeah. Well, did you know, Scott, that we have providers out there filling pill planners and putting medications together for patients? <laughs> this seems like a really easy opportunity to fix right. that time yeah. again right. that yes. we could use for somebody else in yeah. need. Because I will tell you this, when both of my parents first came home from the hospital and mm -hmm. I opened up that little pill planner, I had no idea what I was doing. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it definitely can be time consuming. Mm -hmm. So as a provider, you know, if there's something that can do that on your behalf, that could make sure your, your patient yeah. is compliant, then take that 10 or 15 mm -hmm. minutes you're spending with two or three patients a day. And guess mm -hmm. what? You've got a whole other 45-minute right. visit yeah. available. And the, back to the living machine, it holds 15 different medications at the same time and can hold up to a 90-day 90 90 day 
supply. And, and if you don't want it that way, the the pharmacy has these little bingo, well, mm-hmm. I call them a bingo card. It's yeah. about the size oh. of a bingo card. Yeah. And they now have, you can put mm-hmm. four or five pills in each little slot. Yep. So if I'm getting ready to go somewhere, I can just tear off the day's the worth of pills. Packs. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and take them with me. But Kim made a good point when she went out to help her parents as they were coming out of the hospital. So her dad had filled his pill planner um, prior mm-hmm. to him going to the hospital. And so when he gets back, all of his, his labs went like haywire. They were like the opposite of everything. So Mm -hmm. if he was hyper this, now he's hypo that. that. And so (laughs) it was a mess. So she couldn't give him this medication. So she went and she said, hey, dad, um, I I don't know what these pills are in the pill planner. Mm -hmm. And so it just hit me that, that, and then we were on a pharmacy call today and they were talking about how, you know, sometimes you'll get the the pill and it'll be blue pill, but then next month they changed it and they call and and they, and it's, it's, green, it's green or yellow. Yeah. So if you're going to do a pill planner, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Never throw the bottles away and keep at least one pill in, in every bottle. bottle. Mm, so yeah. we'll know what that looks like. But honestly, why would you go to all that trouble when you could either yeah. get the Livy or you could get a bingo card and get it all cycle filled? And so when my when the schedulers today were saying, oh, I could get a lot of things scheduled if I didn't have all these interruptions mm-hmm. all day. Well, one, I was thinking, why aren't those interruptions going to the MA or to the social worker, to the nurse instead of to her? So maybe it's the way the mm-hmm. phones ring. But on the other side of it, I was going, how many t- times have you talked to these patients about pharmacy? So if you want to eliminate that, yep. then you just send them to our pharmacy who's going to coordinate all those visits. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's about what's best for that patient. Is it best for them to go to the big box chain and wait in line yeah. and catch COVID or the flu or, or something else? No, it's not best for the patient. Well, we just had a, pay, a, a friend of mine who has been using our pharmacy and um, she got a, prescri- a 90 day prescription and she found out, well, I can do 90 days mm-hmm. with this provider. So what the, the insurance did, it was a Blue Cross policy too. Blue Cross Blue Shield would pay for a 90 day supply, which means she only had one copay, but they would only pay for that mm-hmm. at certain pharmacies that they quoted did preferred. Well, I'm going, wonder why that is, you know? <laughs> and so what do we have to do be preferred? But why wouldn't every pharmacy be preferred? Because mm-hmm. they wouldn't allow us to fill right. a 90-day supply. Yeah. And so she's going to now take her prescriptions where she was getting them mailed to her. We got sure. them all cycle filled. And it's going to go messed up. And that Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to end up paying for hospitalization yep. down the road. Because somewhere they were so small-minded Mm-hmm. Apologize, Blue Cross Blue Shield, but <laughs> you are small-minded about that one little piece. Select Health, I'll, I'll just say it right here, providers, we, we can't take Select Health anymore because they won't pay for an in-home visit at all. Mm, they wow. won't even pay for it at the same rate as the office visit. If we mm. see them at home and they said, well, we just don't do that. We don't believe in that. So you, what do you mean? You don't believe that a provider would be better going to the home. We weren't well, I guess even Blue asking, Cross would be paying for my mom a hospital I mean select health be paying for my mom a large hospital bill because without somebody coming to our house there's no way she wouldn't be back in the hospital exactly and so sometimes you get so 
cheap about certain mm-hmm. things. Like, oh my God, well, even as an individual, so I only have one copay instead of three for the next three months. Is that really worth the hassle that you have out there? And, yeah. and so you just got to think what's best. And unfortunately, the plans, you know, all these plans are so different, um, you know, and people are marketing it different mm-hmm. ways. Um, we just got to be careful with it. But for our providers out there, what we want you to know is that one, you, you do what's right for your patient at, at all times. Um, but you also have to know that the medicine's changed. And what we know is that more visits than, and they're going to have to be shorter because, again, the insurance company also doesn't want to pay for, you know, three visits yeah. a week at an hour right. and a half, you know. Right. So that, and that's not good utilization of time or stuff. So you do have to figure out how to do those shorter visits. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to tell the providers is that we are working diligently as we've been uh, onboarding for telemedicine. And so our goal is this and this is for every patient that every patient that comes to us now is going to be assigned three providers they're going mm-hmm. to be assigned somebody in telemedicine that will be available you know 14 days a month you know yep. 12 hours a day and then they're going to be assigned a patient a, a provider that goes into the home and those will be on what we call opposite tracks so one of those people will be working every single week and on top of that we're going to assign a physician an MD that will also be responsible for that patient who will see them quarterly and upon a mission and that kind of thing so that when the patient needs something there are three providers who could be available to them one yeah. of them should be working if not it'll go to one of our backup um, mm-hmm. providers out there but the point is is that you should always have a provider available um, so that gets me to a story about um, a, a friend of mine who's who called me one day and he said hey do you have a provider who could see me it was like on a Saturday and I said well I'm, I may could I said who have you been seeing and he said well I, I don't go to your practice and I said well why not? And he said, well, I've been going to this doctor, you know, for the last 10 years and he's really, really good. And I said, well, he's not if he's not available. Mm -hmm. So what does really, really good mean if he's never available for you? And he had no backup plan. That other doctor had nobody else on call. You know, his backup plan when you called the hot, when you called his, uh, his doctors. Yes. Send them to the hospital? Yeah, if this is an emergency, call 911. <laughs> yeah. And so not only just go to the emergency room, it yeah. was call 911 yeah. and have ambulance an ambulance come and pick you up. So do you know how many people, I mean, we talk about folks that take me literally sometimes instead of like, let's <laughs> take this apart. Do you know if I said that to people, how many times people would call 911 because I have a cold? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's in essence what we teach our yeah. children. If you're sick, you call 911. Right. Well, you you got to be careful about what that sick means. Yeah, exactly. You know? So um, I, I just think we have to be, uh, we, we have to be thinking. We all have to be critically thinking yeah. about every aspect of it and how do we take care of all of our patients, mm-hmm. not just the one that happens to be sitting in front yeah. of you today. As we close, I want to ask you guys one question here. When's the last time you went to a bank? I don't even know. Um, I'm sure you borrowed money from somebody. I, no, they bank com- the bank comes to me. If I'm, See, if I'm doing that. a loan or anything like that, I may go to a lawyer's office for, to sign something. But I, I bet, th- no, the last time I went to bank was a friend of mine. We were going to have lunch together, and I went and, uh, by the bank and picked him up. Before COVID? Yeah, it was just he, he, was, he works at a bank down the street, and I said, well, I'll just come by and grab you. And so, But, yeah, it's been years. It's been mm-hmm. years. And so, so right. Why? It should be, why, when's the last time you went to a clinic or a doctor's right. office? Well, yeah. you shouldn't have to. When's the last time you went to the CVS or the pharmacy to get drugs? I know. Well, you shouldn't have to. 
Well, and I also want to say, you know, from my own personal experience, um, you know, like I said, with my parents is the number one rule when it comes to my mom is, you know, because she's been sick and people want to see her and they want to visit. They want to spend time Mm -hmm. with her. What they don't realize is how dangerous they are to her. Yeah. Because with these elderly people, their immune systems are compromised. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you're on lots of steroids, your immune system's compromised. Going to... Walgreens or CVS is nothing but a petri dish of sick people waiting <laughs> to pick up their medicine. Absolutely. Well, and just like the specialists that um, want, want your mom to get into an ambulance where they're going to be, now she would be exposed to, mm-hmm. to, to an ambulance driver, a paramedic, and then whatever's uh, when, in the and office. Go, and go to the office and how many people are going to be there in the office. And we're not just talking about COVID, guys. I mean, the flu. In yeah. general, yeah. Yeah. Just a million other things. It, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so if you could avoid that, that's the best way to go so uh that's that's our next phase is working on what kind of specialist that we need to have um available to us and we have a lot of nurse practitioners that had specialties in a lot of things Mm -hmm. i bet right now we could find a pulmonologist for your mom some nurse practitioner there who knows and probably has a relationship with a specialist that can do a telemedicine visit Mm -hmm. (laughs) unlike the one you tried to call today um but i am amazed at how many physicians out there are still saying and patients who who are going we had a patient the other day who said well if you're going to see me by the phone, well, I, I don't, I don't want that. And, and so, okay, then go find somebody else because, yeah. um, we know that's what, it's not for every visit and we mm-hmm. do want right. to lay eyes on you, yeah. but it's important that you have those visits. And if you don't want to comply with that, I really don't want you in our practice. And, and the same goes for these providers who are out there going, well, you can't do medicine that way. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we can. And yeah. we and and we, you know, gosh, my my great great grandfather was the only physician in in a, a little county in Kentucky that mm-hmm. had probably ten thousand people in it. He was the only physician, right? You know, he diagnosed probably more stuff over the phone um, <laughs> during that during that time. You know, it was one of those hand crank things. You know, they had to do party Put line. Me through, Actually, he probably diagnosed five or six of them at a time. Right. You know. <laughs> And then, and then he practiced in his in his yeah. home, though. Right. So, I mean, people would come to, if they had to do stuff, and he would do general surgery and all kind of stuff. They'd show up at the house. Yeah, you know, right. my grandmother used to say, "Yeah, the whole house would reek of ether while he was doing <laughs> How's surgery." That for the and place that. of service, yeah, home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on over. Home it, it was his home. All right, right. come on over. But, I'll fix you dinner, and we'll do your do your surgery. <laughs> exactly. I think we may get back to that. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 I hate to say it, I'm, I'm t- I want everybody to know it, but it's interesting that. Um, the people that got vaccinated the first, you know, it took, mm-hmm. by the time you got the vaccine and then you had to wait three, four weeks for the second one and you wait two weeks before you're fully immune. Mm-hmm. So it's, it takes about six weeks from the time of vaccination. So if you count back, our COVID numbers started dropping drastically only or right at the point that all the hospital personnel got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So we went from, in South Carolina, from four to 5,000, one day 7,000 new cases yeah. of COVID down yesterday to 800. And really the only people who have been fully vaccinated mm-hmm. are the hospital personnel. We know that that's where people were getting COVID. Yeah. You know, and that's where it was spreading, you know, the fastest there and in their skilled nursing facilities. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, guys, you just have to be careful. And, mm-hmm. and I'll, we'll probably get hit by some of the hospitals who are going, Scott, you're telling people never to come <laughs> see me. I'm, I'm saying there's sometimes well, I cut my leg don't go with a chainsaw. I, right. I know, I'm too. going. Right. Yeah, so uh, so sometimes you have to go, yeah. you know. Uh, sure. But you got to be 
uh, you got to be ready for that mm -hmm. um, and just and just avoid it. But you yep. cannot avoid the doctor. You've yeah. got to see somebody. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to go to the doctor. Right. The doctor can come to you. Exactly. So, right. Guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks for listening to the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton. Follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at the Disrupted Podcast. You can also help us out by giving us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening.